What's going on, folks? Uh, we jumping right in tonight. Uh, no time for any segues, although there are some personal stories that I would like to have shared because some people have gone through some traumatic uh, incidents in the past couple of days, but we're going to link up and, and, and we're going to get to it at, at the end. Uh, tonight, we got a special guest. We got Well, first, we got our guest host, Robert Simmons, who has been on the Eight Black Hands more than anybody else. Uh, so you're almost like the 10th hand, but you're from Detroit. So you got to be like the twelfth hand, only because you're from Detroit. And so, <laughs> so, Shady. Shady. <laughs> we also got uh, a special guest on tonight. We got uh, Rashawn Kemp, who is a uh, candidate for uh, the state legislature down in Georgia. Right? When I hear Georgia yeah. and I hear politics, bro, I, I I don't I don't think good things. But hey, we're gonna get it out, get it in with uh with, with Mr. Kemp tonight. Uh, Currently, uh, Rashawn is a, a national nonprofit leader, uh, the Freedom Coalition of Charter Schools, FCCS, uh, serving as their executive director. And so um, I want to we definitely want to talk about how that segues into um, into your campaign, your thoughts and all those other things and whatnot. Right. But uh, real quickly, man, tell the people who you are. Yeah, Rashawn Kemp. I am a candidate for state representative here in Georgia, the 61st House District. Uh, this district goes from the southern portion of Fulton County up into Douglas County, which is right next to uh, Fulton County, uh, where Atlanta is the county seat. Uh, you know, I'm from originally from Ohio. So uh, Simmons, I ain't gonna hold that against you because you're right there next door in Michigan, but uh, from Columbus, Ohio. So I'm a true Buckeye fan, even though I live here in Georgia. I know, man, I'm hoping you don't have no amazing uh blue somewhere back there man uh but you know i am a father to husband uh 18 year old uh and actually we are crazy enough to start all over and have an eight month old daughter uh so Jaden in brooklyn uh so so yeah that's the brief portion of about me that's what's up bro thanks for sharing that i'm, I'm just glad you didn't say an eight month year old <laughs> right right <Yeah. laughs> Because people say that eight month old either. Hey, you know, yeah. uh, uh, eight month, uh, eight month year old. Right. I'm right. just saying, you was free though. He was free. He had, he was free. Man. He was free. He was right gone. Never too slide. late to start yeah. over. Bro. He was about to have some disposable income again in his life, <laughs> right. and he was like, "Oh, let's just do it all over let's again." Hey, that ain't no fun. That ain't no fun. Just... <laughs> man. <laughs> yeah. man, listen. Hey, listen. Too young to be man. Kids are expensive, right? And so, so regardless if you did 18 years ago or regardless if you're doing it now, if you're doing it now, it's probably even more expensive because of the type of things that you have to buy now. Like dietary uh, needs are different, right? Like I remember before uh, when I was growing, when we were growing up, like you cow's milk or whatever. Now, like there's like these, <laughs> you know, you, you got to go soy, you got to go almond, you got to, you know, it's all kind of. Uh, it's all kind of things as to how you gotta how you gotta raise your kids now. You can't just rough it like reef, bro. When you got a baby in the house, everybody drinking the same milk, bro. You know what I mean? Like that's how we do it. Everybody drinking the same joy. I don't want to ask no questions. I don't want to ask wait, no more wait, questions. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> no more. Please hey, get into hey, the show, bro, right? What are we hey, you, hey, hey, cause you, hey, cause you know, you know, you we must agree to that. Man, no, 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 no. <laughs> when we talk about kids on this show, that dude Charles. Be hiding. <laughs> <laughs> he goes sideways. He go out look, the look, I, like, I, look, I was about to tell him I was gonna. I come down there, stump for him, and give a speech or two. But then he, he he told me he was free and did it all over again. I'm like, I don't know if he makes sound decisions. <laughs> 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 I 
<laughs> Yo, man, uh, that is the kind of energy that we need yeah. tonight. Uh, oh, man. So, so, Reef, you got the first question, man. You kicking it off, unless you didn't read the notes in Slack. <laughs> no, but I, I got no. I didn't see the Georgia slide, but I do have a question that I can start off with. Rashawn, you were a former teacher and a principal, and I think like you know, dope educators. Um, we need more of them at tables in policy making in politics, um, and so I'm glad to to hear that. And I will. I want you to. Uh, you obviously agree because you're running, but I would love you for you to just share like what additional insights do you bring to the table as a former educator that most folks are just oblivious to when they get in those seats. Yeah, man. I mean, one thing that most people don't know uh, when you look at state budgets, the majority of a state budget goes towards education. But also, we don't have very many educators in state legislature. So, you know, I think it's really important that we bring that perspective into our legislatures. You know, we have people making decisions in education committees that are in lots of different uh, professions. But, you know, when it comes down to it, there aren't very many educators uh, making decisions on uh, those, you know, bills that are coming forward. Um, so, you know, I think I bring a perspective of, okay, what it is truly like on the ground working with students, working with teachers, and the struggle that you know we have in education uh, from you know retaining teachers uh, because you know they're not paid at a salary that you know they can sustain a family, uh, you know, and it goes even further when we talk about charter schools. Uh, but you know, I think it is important to you know be able to bring that perspective because a lot of people just don't understand. It's like this kind of like foreign thing. Like yeah, you know, I'm looking at you know line items or looking at you know a budget, but you know what does this really mean to everyday lives? Or you know now we see what's happening with you know anti CRT that's kind of turned into you know anti teaching history. Um, what is the real impact of that in classrooms? You know, as a teacher, you know. Am I going to now be nervous because I'm going to make some students uncomfortable in, in teaching them about, you know, the past of this country? So I think it's important that we have that perspective because a lot of people make decisions on classrooms that's never been in one or about schools that's, you know, never led one. So I think I bring a unique perspective uh, from that, you know. I became a principal at the age of 27. So I was wet behind the ears when I was uh, leading the school. Uh, so I think I you know, bring a really unique perspective, uh, especially being in the inner city uh, and working with kids that for so many of them kind of fall through the cracks. Now, what they doing hiring a 27 year old to run a building? What, what are they doing? Like, what are, what are, it had to be a little crazy, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, hindsight um, is pretty wild. Yeah. But also want to um, want to ask uh, FCCS. Can you talk a little bit about that? Like, you know, what is it? What what do you do there? How was it founded? All those kind of things. Look at you stepping on other people's questions, Reef. Go ahead, brother. <laughs> oh, my bad. <laughs> yeah. Go man, ahead. Uh, so FCCS, the Freedom Coalition for Charter Schools. Uh, man, you know, I am super blessed to be leading an organization that was started by the great Dr. Howard Fuller. Um, it was started in 2019 when he and Dr. Steve Perry out of uh, New York uh, were at uh, a conference and they were saying like, man, there's a serious disconnect when it comes to, uh, you know, especially Democrats, but progressives uh, and education when it comes to choice. Uh, we have all these black and brown leaders leading amazing schools, doing amazing work in our communities, but we also have politicians that are actively fighting against their very livelihood. We have people that call themselves progressives wanting to, you know, move this country forward, 
but when it comes to education, it's hands off. And so um, what they decided to do was like, look, we need a bold organization that's going to go out and, you know, raise our voices and make sure people know that we're here. And so in 2019, they started, uh, you know, kind of having conversations. And then during the presidential election, they started having rallies outside of the Democratic debates, uh, because at the time, like folks like Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders were saying, oh, we need to, you know, have a moratorium on charter schools and get rid of them, uh, you know, and, you know, seeming to not recognize that the very voters that support them are sending their kids to those very schools. Um, so, you know, it's all about being bold and, you know, making sure that folks know that, you know, black and brown charter schools exist. Also, also shifting the narrative, uh, you know, for far too long, you know, we're kind of like a side note when it comes to uh, the education reform space or, you know, in the chart, the public charter school space. So making sure that we're uplifting uh, the great work that's happening in our schools and in our communities as it relates to black and brown uh, charter schools. Hmm. That's what's up. Hey, Charles, jump in here, buddy. Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, and one, Ray, I want to shout you out because I think you produced the hell out of this show. Uh, my apologies up front if I don't hit every question that you put up there. So just make sure that it gets answered. Um, my question, Sharif kind of asked a little bit of it, but um, I remember being on them early meetings and calls uh, when that was coming together. And I'm really proud of what y'all have built, man, and that they landed on you. My question for you, now that you are like a newer CEO there and they had a little bit of traction, uh, what would you what do you feel has been your biggest win thus far? Uh, just with the uh, with the charter net with you know with the new group and what are you looking to accomplish in this year with that group? Yeah, very good question. So biggest win is going from what was an ad hoc group of pretty much Avengers from like all over the country coming together and saying, hey, we got a problem. Let's you know solve it by you know doing X, Y, and Z. Um, on their own dimes. I mean, they were coming to Atlanta, LA, and the different locations, and it was all on their own dime. Uh, but now, you know, coming into this organization, uh, and it's now truly an organization, uh, FCCS is now uh, incorporated in the state of Georgia. Uh, you know, that's going from an ad hoc group of people to truly having an organization that is incorporated and working on our nonprofit uh, clearance. But uh, that's the greatest accomplishment. Uh, and then we have a strategic plan, you know, um, uh, with any, you know, sound organization, you got to have structure and really know what the goals are, what you're trying to do, what you're trying to accomplish. And so uh, we did that. Um, so so that's, I think, the greatest accomplishment to really take something that was, you know, folks just coming together and really wanting to fight and then building the organization around that. Um, what we want to do going forward uh, is to continue doing stuff like that, uh, you know, and finding ways that we can support people on the ground. You know, uh, we've now found like we've reached out and gotten six locations that we want to be in uh, going from D.C. all the way to L.A. But we also want to be that organization that's nimble enough for somebody to say like, hey, there is a. Uh, you know, a pastor or a, a educator in Mississippi that's trying to start a school, but he's catching hell. Like we need FCCS to come in and raise your voices. And so we want to be that organization. Uh, but, you know, ultimately what we want to see happen is to see more black and brown elected officials supporting our schools, seeing policy environments mm -hmm. created in which our schools can be successful uh, because that at the end of the day, that's how they're going to grow. Uh, so that's what ultimately the goal is to see the growth of black and brown led schools. That's what's up. Simmons, man, jump in here. You've been quiet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I appreciate uh, Brother Fuller um, just as an OG um, in the spot. Um, so I, I just, just anytime I've been in Milwaukee, like, I just love just listening to his stories. 
When you think about the work that the organization does on the ground, and if you had to kind of tell people in the audience what to look for, like what's some specific things that y'all are actually doing these days and have done historically? And then like, what are some specific things that you want to do in uh, Georgia? Because that's where you're at and uh, as it relates to uh, this movement. Yeah, so I think the most important from an advocacy perspective, because that's what we're focused on. We're just focused on advocacy. Um, that is our niche in uh, the charter school space. Um, it is about building relationships uh, and also building uh, relationships and partnerships with folks that maybe traditionally aren't, you know, engaged in this work. Because I think ultimately that's how we kind of shift the, you know, public perception and, you know, we build in uh, build an army of supporters that are saying, you know what, at the end of the day, like these schools are being effective with our kids. Why are we fighting them? Uh, you know, calling out elected officials that are, you know, still, you know, towing party lines that are old and, you know, relics of the past, you know? And so ultimately what we're trying to do now is build relationships. And I truly believe that, I mean, you know, we all know from, advocacy and you know what you know folks you know typically do with our communities it's just we come in and say hey this is what we want you to do but we want to be authentic and really say mm -hmm. hey we want to build relationships get to know <laughs> just make sure public um, and get to know uh, <laughs> the, the people on the ground uh, and you know really build authentic i know man like dude <laughs> and uh really build authentic relationships with them uh and you know really find out like okay what's the issues in ohio uh, we're hearing from people on the ground that, you know, they still struggle with transportation and hire, having to rely on uh, districts uh, when it comes to getting their kids to and from school. Um, you know, what's the issue here in Atlanta? It continues to be facilities. And so that's the types of things, you know, to answer your uh, questions, Rob, is what we want to do. We want to see, okay, what's happening in each various location? Because uh, it's not always a one-size-fits-all thing. I mean, that's what we're supposed to be about. We're saying yeah. we're not a one-size-fits-all approach to education. So we should take that same approach with advocacy. Like, yeah, there may be some kind of common things across the country that we can work on from like the charter school program grant federally. But at yeah. the end of the day, what's happening in our communities that we can uh, lean in and support on. Mm. That's yeah. what's up. Hey, really quick, really quick, really quick. Folks that are in the audience right now, if you could please like and share our show, uh, that would mean a great deal to us. So please let's, let's get this thing moving. Uh, we got like a uh, hundred people in here. We got like nine likes. So let's get these likes up. Secondly, I want to shout out one of our viewers. I want to shout out Miss Cynthia Rose. And the reason why I want to shout out her is because last week she was hot 97 with regards to the guest that we had on last week. I think she might even left early. And so Thank you for coming back and kicking it with us <laughs> because I wanted to reach out to you this week because I know that you were hot. And so thank you for coming back and kicking it with us, Miss Rose. Thank you. Uh, we, we at Eight Black Hands every week, uh, there's a different producer of the show. We try new things. We see things that work. We see things that don't work. And we, we're going to always try new things to try to uh, bring in new folks to the conversation. So I wanted to shout out uh, Miss Rose. Um, there's a question in the audience that I think is extremely important for you, sir. Uh, so, uh, Brother Kemp, it says, uh, have the teachers unions begin to fight against you? That's a very good question. You probably will after seeing me on the show. <laughs> no, uh, uh, so far, let me knock on wood. Uh, they have not. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, uh, that's also the work that we need to do in this uh, movement. Uh, the teachers unions are very good at, you know, rallying the troops. 
uh, and supporting candidates that are opposed to, you know, parents being able to make a choice uh, to where they send their kids to school. So that's what we hope to to change uh, through FCCS is to build that army to get our people to see like, look, you got to show up for uh, people that are running for office for people that are in office and supporting us because a lot of times we don't. And that's the first thing, you know, I heard when I was, you know, lobbying uh, for the Georgia Charter School Association is, well, you know, if I stick my neck out, y'all don't show up for me. Um, so, so we need more people supporting the issues that we care about and making sure people know that. Um, I, I think kind of use that as an opportunity to kind of push uh, <laughs> some some uh, some changes that we need to make. But you know, so far, no. But uh, I'm sure it's going to be uh, just a matter of time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's hey, crazy. listen. If they after you, then that means that you're a threat. And if you're yeah. a threat, then that means that you can win. And so if, if yeah. they're staying quiet, we need to do something to, 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 to build the noise. Reefus, jump in here, man. What's happening? Yeah, I, I mean, you mentioned facility. You know, everything like with politics is local. And so I was curious yeah. about, you know, you mentioned facility. I don't know if that was just like a general thing you were throwing out, but really curious, like for Georgians, you know, um, like what are some of the key issues that you feel like you know what, this will be a mandate, you know, or this is what I'm hearing from the community. This is something that they're passionate about and they are demanding change for. And this is going to be my mandate. You know, what have you yeah. heard so far in your, you know, in your due diligence and research and community engagement? Yeah, by far it is voting rights and mm -hmm. it's public safety. Um, but, you know, obviously, you know, Georgia's like ground zero for public safety, comes... meaning what, like traffic lights? What do you, what do you mean? No, um, so public safety crime. You know what I mean? Uh, Police. Uh, you know what yeah. he mean? Come on yeah, now. Hey, hey, Roosevelt hey, Boulevard hey, in, in Pennsylvania hey. is one of the most dangerous yeah. places, and they often talk about that as public safety. So I just... I got uh, it. Go ahead, bro. This, Go ahead, bro. This joker, let me pull, let me call him out real quick. I sent him hey, an article today telling him there's that, 88, right? 88 murders already in Pennsylvania. He knows exactly. It's horrible. It's horrible. Right. Kemp, go ahead. Yeah, no, it's Kemp, crazy. Thank That's you for acknowledging say, that public safety yeah. is a broad. Uh, well, yeah. We know it's broad. Thank I got you, you Reed. Yeah. It is broad, but you know what he meant. You knew what he meant. I didn't. I'm asking. I'm not. I don't live in Georgia. I'm asking. Thank you, bro. I appreciate but you indulging. I'm me. sure y'all. Yeah, I'm sure y'all have seen all the craziness that's happening in Georgia as it relates to voting rights. Uh, you that, know, yes. like I said, that's you know, at the end of the day, yeah. I mean, I can't go to give people this no more. I mean, it's insane uh, that you know they are just trying to attack it. You know, any way they can. I mean, we literally used to do that and can't do that no more. But you know, even scarier than that is that they can go and take out uh, election boards. Like that is like the you know chess piece that they got in there to say, well, I don't feel like what Fulton County is doing uh, you know, meets our expectations. So we have now have a, a board that can come in and say, hey, we're gonna, you move over, let us run this. Um, that's the most concerning thing. And you know, people like voters are aware of that. And so like, they want us to fight. Like, you know, at the end of the day, it's very unlikely that we're going to shift uh, the you know power in our state legislature. But at the end, of the, but what we can do is fight. And if they're going to try to do something, what we can do is make sure they do it with a huge spotlight on their faces when they're trying to do this, or that we're knocking on the governor's doors uh, and you know when he's trying to sign stuff uh, really quickly to hurry up and get something passed. Uh, so you know, voting rights is is the 
Like, I swear, like to you, like that's like probably everybody that I talk to says that. And then the next thing is, you know, definitely public safety, but also from the perspective of we need to change what we're what we normally do. So whether it's, you know, reducing recidivism with, you know, our, our in our communities or whether it's, you know, engaging, you know, police and communities in a different way or, you know, looking at, you know, programs, how we engage our youth, like from more from that perspective and not saying, oh, you know, the only you know, solution is, you know, more police. Uh, so, you know, definitely a change in how our system works. Yo, so... Hey, I, I won't put... Oh, Charles, I'm sorry, real quick. I don't want to put Rashawn on the spot. I'd rather put Sharif on the spot. Reef, uh, how do you feel about the messaging of defund the police? Hmm. Uh, I, don't, I don't look at that as being part of the spot. I think they get way too much money. Um, and what they have used with it is reinforce racist policy. So... Racist policies that police implement in Philadelphia and Pennsylvania and everywhere else is gets mad funding, right? And so when we talk about like recidivism, when we're talking about like what are things that can uh, reduce crime, can reduce the the stress, the desperation that people have in in communities that have been underfunded, have been kicked while they're down, have been doing all of that. A lot of that money, not some, a whole lot of that money needs to be diverted and, and sent to places like education, like childcare, like workforce development, like green spacing, social like workers, all, like social that, yeah. work, all of that stuff. That's where that money needs to go. We already know the cost of imprisoning somebody and they got a whole lot of folks in prison for some dumb stuff. The cost of that and you compare that to what they spend on education is absolutely ab absurd. And can when I, can I, but I. I, I think I agree with everything you said. I felt like Ray was asking something different, though. And Ray, correct me. I thought Ray was asking more about the messaging, like as a terminology, yeah, how that's working. Defund so, the police. I ain't got wait, no problem let me, with let me, it. Let me, let me tell you why I think he asked that. Let me, yeah, let me tell I mean, you why I, I, I think he asked that. Wait, wait, wait. Let me, I don't mind the, the phrase. But let me tell you, <laughs> you know, why I think I don't he mind asked it. that. Let me tell you why I think he asked that, especially in Illinois. There's people running on state platforms of the complete opposite of that, attracting black people because they don't understand what, what was meant when you say defund the police, right? They thinking that you want to get rid of police instead of diverting funds. So there are black candidates running for state positions in Illinois saying, oh, I'm coming to, I'm coming to do the opposite of defund the police. And they're polling well with like black people, right? So I think yes. that, that's, yeah. and, and, and Ray, correct me. Yeah. I, I thought you were no, asking more it. about- That's it. Okay. That was it. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and again, yeah. I don't have a problem with the fun. If it needs to have an asterisk or explanation, because yeah. some people are running on, on um, topics like Black Lives Matter. They're running right. and polling really well with that too. <laughs> Right. Yeah. And so racism always, you know, what Malcolm say, racism is like a Cadillac. It's a new version every year. So anything you say opposite of, you know, white is supreme, whiteness is supreme. They're going to run and they're going to do well with it. They're going to poll well with it. And guess what? You. Black I, folks, I, wait a minute. Hey, black hey, folks, I disavow. Black folks I disavow. Doing that I disavow. Now, How you going to disavow? You asked the question. Black folks doing that <laughs> now. I disavow. Black, there were some black <laughs> folks out there who were voting again, who were, uh, Campaigning against Martin Luther King, who did not approve of Martin Luther King's action. It was black. I agree with you. Who were showing up and being bodyguards for Malcolm and being the FBI. For the record, I agree with you. Y'all mean like yeah? For the record, I agree with you. What I'm saying, what I think, what I heard the question. But there that comes back to the grassroots. That love that black back people to getting into communities. I'm not disagreeing with you. Why are you still going? Like nobody's disagreeing with you yet. That's what it, no, I'm agreeing with you. What I'm saying is that's why politicians have to get in the communities and engage yeah. folks and not just try to come up with pretty slogans on Twitter and far away. Get in those damn communities and have conversations door to door, 
you know, house to house, community to community, and explain this is what this means, right? But too many people want to want to manage by Excel, want to manage from afar, want to, and they say, oh, look at look at what's happening. Oh, let's change. No, I'm not trying to hear that. Hey Charles, cut his mic. Yeah. I agree with him, but I, I just was like when he was saying like, it was like white people or white people running on this. What I was saying was it's black people that love black people, but when you have as many shootings that you done had in Illinois and Chicago or in Georgia or these other places, and Philly. there are people and Philly, there are people that's not as politically astute as a Sharif yeah. is or as we are that know exactly what that term means. And there are other politicians that are now like Jamoke just said in the comments, making it plainer for those people. Right. So that, that, but that's, Make but anyway, I don't want, I don't want to, I don't want to get too far. Hey, nah, so, that's, hey, that's, no, 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 no. Yeah. That's white people. Yeah. Pull. That's why I brought up how some yeah. black Please. people show up. Can you yeah. let the man that's running? Yeah, at the end of the I, day, I like, you... like Reef is saying, nah, I agree with him. Like at the end of the day, yeah, like back, everything right? he listed, like the problem is like we try to come up with these hashtags and then, you know, it, it's um, honestly turned on us and like, you know, police unions and things are able to say like, oh, they're anti-police. Like, no, right. like people in our community aren't anti-police. We're anti-bad police. We're anti-police that are, you know, going to pull us over, you know, not to, you know, steal your story, uh, Cole, and, 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 you know, say, wait a minute, you're smelling good, well, so, you know, what's the problem here? Uh, oh, well, okay, my bad. Okay, well, we, no, don't let me speak for no, no, you. No. I said wait, there wait, are wait. some. Wait, you said, wait, wait. <laughs> go ahead. But Sean, wait, let me pray. Can... I got to put Cole, I got to yeah. put Cole on here, man. You you gave yeah. him the segue. I, I know. Yeah, Cole, you got it. Yeah. Tell him the story, man, the cologne story, man. Oh, I mean, it's a whole video up, and I'll make sure y'all get it. I, I was just kind of telling y'all behind the scenes, but real quick, got pulled over, coming back from Indy, going into Kentucky. Uh, it was supposed to just be a speeding ticket, turning to 30 minutes. They pulled the, they brought the, the, the drug dogs out, um, had me on the side of the road looking like a criminal. Uh, and basically what it was is dude couldn't process what I did for a living and thought that I, like, sold drugs and said people from my zip code usually sell drugs. And when I, he smelled my cologne, that's usually how people uh, try to hide that. They, it was crazy. So just watch the video. I, I've already processed that. We talked about it on Friday. It's a whole thing. I, I'll talk about it with y'all offline because I don't want to get, you know, upset yeah. about it again. But yeah. but that's but that's why I was saying what I was saying to Sharif, because I actually agree with everything he was saying. But like my neighbor, who is an elderly black woman who loves black people, but she hears get rid of police she like mm -hmm. my neighbor that's across the street who's yeah. elderly yeah. that ain't in these streets and reading the stuff we read are hearing that you want to get rid of police and these people that live 10 miles from chicago is like i don't know what you talking about right and i think mm -hmm. that that's yeah. i think it's what you said rashawn is that they want better police we want to make sure that they're properly there's proper funding for things around it so you don't depend on police to do a crazy amount of stuff so i wasn't disagreeing with you reap that's what i was trying to get in there because everybody is not as politically astute as you are around this terminology no it ain't. yeah i mean i don't even look at it political astute. i just look at like lived experience bro like lived experience hey I mean, Reef, what what cologne you wear i don't know but i'm gonna wear whatever whatever uh cole had on yeah that's what i'm gonna got that's what that's what i'm gonna wear so don't jack them, them, them i got get them dogs on you get them dogs on you so they can it won't be the first time and guess what like Last time it happened, community rally and alhamdulillah and like and defended a brother. And you know what? Like the the stuff gotta stop, man. Like pulling him over and, and all of that and with his hand on his gun, like you know, I remember leaving my building as a principal getting pulled over. Like 
No, it's a, it's a, it's it's problematic. And bro. Reef, and Reef, that's and when you listen to the video, Reef, because I know you haven't seen it yet, you'll hear how calm I am, and you'll hear his voice. Like, and I was like, I'm good. Like, even yeah, if we got to be calm. In, they get yeah, trained yeah, and the paycheck. And just for the, and, and I was just, I calmed him down, but I was more so thinking about my nephew who's 18 yeah. years old. I was more so thinking about these young boys, and when I was 19, getting pulled over, and I, and if I went to jail, I didn't have the money or a lawyer or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, who would have got nervous and been jumpy? Like that man could have shot me. Like, no, it's, I mean, like, I think that it, even it, coming yeah. on to the show, I think this is what like just like is got me pissed off because you know you shared this right before you know we came on. And I'm just like, yo, like this is absolutely like you know it pisses me off. And so like yeah. I I don't want to throw no bail. Like, oh, good cop, bad because the good cops will watch the bad cop do whatever. So then right, what yeah. does that make them? Yeah. So I, I don't I, re I really don't yeah. have that much of oh I wanted yeah. for the good cops. I wanted because I've had too many experiences, and then to hear this shit happen to you. Um, oh, you know, which which just means like this is this is ongoing, man. This is ongoing. Right. It is okay for them to do this kind of stuff, and so I ain't right. shooting them no bail for the good ones and the medium. I ones appreciate and, that, the man. Mediocre ones and the average ones and this, man. Like, I, I appreciate I that. I, I truly right. do. Commercial break time, right? <laughs> and so what we're seeing now to give you guys who just joined the show, we're seeing Reef doing a lot more talking this week than he did last week because he didn't really manage his guests. Back to the show. <laughs> <laughs> no, today I'm pissed off. That's the difference. And and usually I try to like maintain a, a, a equilibrium that just kind of stays in the, in the middle. I don't get too high. I don't get too low. That's how I'm, that's how I go through life. But there's yeah. some things that are absolutely triggering. And when yeah. I hear about police brutality, when I hear about you know um, a, a, another person that could have been killed over something stupid, and they probably would get away with it. Nah, that 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 burns my blood. It makes it boil. And yes, like I I do get pissed off. And that's when I become more loquacious. Not not because mm. it's like poor management of a guest. It's because I'm pissed off hearing that there it is. went through that. So so hey hey, I'm pissed off that he went through that too. So every week yeah. before we go onto the show, we're gonna pull up one of these articles about don't somebody do going that, through that. I, so I you... don't need that. I don't need to be maintaining <laughs> hey, so, so, my blood pressure so, in that so, kind of way. <laughs> so 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 Kim so Kim, police brutality is nationwide. It's, it's yeah. definitely apparent in Georgia in terms of like, you know, how folks approach, you know, just uh, black folks. And so what are, what are you looking at in terms of like going into your candidacy uh, to offer that type of protection for, 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 for black folks that don't really have an allegiance to the police for whatever reason? Yeah. You know, one thing I like to see um, and actually, surprisingly enough, the lieutenant governor and a Democratic state senator is trying to work on something like this now, like to have more grants going to uh, to communities uh, and supporting, you know, uh, community police relationship. Uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, um, it, it's about, you know, seeing uh, and, you know, one thing I would love to see is more uh, and I. I yeah, you know, not, never mind. Uh, one thing I really want to see is, at the end of the day is, you know, more I mean, when you say community policing, like that's kind of like, OK, what does that really mean? Uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, I think it's about relationships and it's about, you know, how do they see us? And it's not always, you know, one thing that people try to turn to is like, you know, white versus black. And it's not like there's I even, you know, had a relationship well, you know, a situation where, you know, a black cop treated me worse than a white cop that was standing right next to him. Um, so, you know, at the end of the day, I think it's about relationships and training uh, and, you know, what is expected. And then also, you know, I think, you know, 
uh, Cole made this point, like, you know, to get money going towards social workers and things like that. Like, you know, police should not be called for everything. Um, there should be things mm. in which, you know, we have different types of people responding to situations because a lot of times it's, you know, something, you know, mental health wise or things like that, or, you know, maybe like even, you know, issues that, you know, people are dealing with, you know, outside of crime. And, you know, we have such a criminal mindset in this country and definitely in the state where, you know, there are private prisons, uh, you know, still to this day, you know, way too many of them, in my opinion, they need to go. Uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we need to shift how we see the relationship that police have with our communities because it doesn't always need uh, a police because we you know uh call it 911 absolutely uh simmons you're up yeah you know i appreciate the fact that you come from in the classroom um and i think that that's important when you think about uh some of these other folks that i at least again i see folks running and i'm like now what what qualifies you to yeah like, I don't get it, right? And yeah. and then they win and, and you're stuck with folks and you're just like, no wonder nothing gets done. So I'm just curious, as you're out on the campaign trail, um, how do you talk about the experience that you bring um, to uh, politics uh, that will help inform uh, you as a, as a legislator um, and as a, a person who's uh, working on behalf of the people? Yeah, that's a really, really good question. So, you know, I kind of alluded to this, you know, I used to spend pretty much every day during our 40 day legislative session at the Capitol uh, when I was at the Charter School Association and I led uh, advocacy and um, legislative affairs. And so you're right. There are people that are elected uh and uh, let me choose my words carefully because <laughs> I don't want to uh, <laughs> go in and you know have people hate me, but there are people that you really are surprised at, okay, you are making decisions on this $30 billion budget. Um, and the lived experience for one, that that's important. I really think that, you know, from, and I, I hate the term politician because I'm running, I'm now, I guess, considered a politician, but there are, are so many that don't have the lived experiences to be a voice for, you know, people like me that were raised by my great grandma. You know, there are almost 3 million kids in this country that are raised by their uh, grandparents, um, you know, and I think that, you know, a lot of people don't have that understanding of, okay, well, you know, who cares? You know, I don't, you know, want to expand Medicaid because, you know, our families are good. But, you know, what about that grandparent that, you know, has taken care of four or five, you know, kids from different generations uh, and, you know, they need that, you know, expansion in Medicaid or they need, you know, help when it comes to family paid leave. Uh, you know, I think so many people make decisions because they don't have the experiences that, you know, other, you know, people do on a daily basis. And then, you know, at the end of the day, just professionally, I, I feel like, you know, I have, you know, a best friend that, you know, play basketball. I have, you know, friends that are, you know, you know, understand like fashion. They're like, you know, great with that. But like my thing has always been policy. Like that is just my thing. Uh, you know, I nerd out on stuff like that. Uh, you know, still remember to this day, you know, seeing my great grandma read the newspaper literally every single day, uh, you know, and me wanting to, you know, get to know, OK, what's going on? You know, and you know, like she keeping me informed and us watching the nightly news, uh, you know, and stuff uh, with Peter Jennings and stuff. Uh, so, you know, I remember stuff like that. And, you know, it 
I kind of was like, not necessarily groomed for this, but my like life has just exposed me to really want to be in this type of work. And I believe that, you know, everybody plays a role, but, you know, I believe that, you know, we can truly make a difference with policy. Um, and, you know, I believe that, you know, this that kind of sets me apart from, from other people uh, that are maybe, you know, elected or you know, thinking about running. Well, let's let's stay there. Let's stay there because and I don't know if Dr. Simmons is a Democrat, but uh, from from the show, I'm the only other progressive Democrat um, that's that's in a black hands. Right. And just just for context for you, Rashawn, worked in the party. I was the vice chair of the Black Young Caucus for California for two years. Uh, co-founded Black Young Dem San Francisco and Black Young Dems Oakland. Actually, that's how me and Jamoke met. I was supposed to go and help run her campaign. Uh, and then we became really, really close after that. It wasn't even on education until later. Um, but the way that they had us running on party line or the way that we could never bring up black issues and put those at the forefront, that's kind of what made me pivot so hard to being so strong on agency and self-determination because I felt like the party wasn't going to have our back in those moments. You're running on something that is not traditionally democratic. You're running on something where they're going to call you a Dino or a Dino. For those that don't know, it's a Democratic name only. Right. So how do you set up for that and try to change things inside that party while making sure people's are, minds are open to the fact that parents deserve to be able to pick where their kids go to school? Yep. Yeah, man, that, that's a really good question. You know, and, you know, what I, I left, the, of, I, I didn't leave the party, but I left my positions yeah. because I was getting stonewalled more by my own people uh, than I was. Uh, I you know, and it was just disheartening. So, yeah, nah, that, that's a really good point. You know, I, I do think there has been a shift, you know, even in my work, as I alluded to when I was going to the Capitol and speaking with even uh, people in the Democratic Party, like um, when it comes to and, you know, Georgia's maybe a little, di little different, uh, you know, Democrats are now more willing to support charter schools. Uh, many of them won't go as far to say, you know, we should, you know, have, you know, vouchers and things like that. But, you know, the kind of ire has like kind of like drawn down when it comes to like, you know, chartering. I'm not saying all. Um, and, you know, I, I think, you know, they can see, you know, when, you know, we have polls. Uh, and right. so, you have polls that say like 70 some percent of, you know, black voters and, you know, swing states across the country, including Georgia support charter schools. In, in 2012, we had a charter school amendment in which voters literally had to vote uh, the whole state, uh, whether or not we would have a appeals process for our chartering uh, process here. And so that passed overwhelmingly. Mm -hmm. And uh, and many of the, uh, the big reason why it passed is because of black communities. Uh, Clayton County being one was like, I think the highest, you know, proportion in terms of a uh, yes vote uh, in the whole state. I mean, that Clayton County is where, you know, the Atlanta airport is. Uh, it's like right outside of Atlanta. So um, I think things are shifting. I think that there are still some, especially, you know, and I'm just going to call it out, like white progressives have this like disconnect. Uh, you know, they don't recognize what they, they probably do, but they still uh, you know, kind of don't practice what they preach. They're able to move to communities where the schools are great. That is a form of school choice. They're able to, you know, send their kids to private schools. But then at the end of the day, they will say, nah, I can't, you know, we should not be supporting, you know, charter schools or we should not be, you know, uh, able to, you know, support a, like going back to grandparents that wants to send their, you know, grandkids to uh, a school that may be private. Um, you know, so I, th I think things are shifting uh, and 
And I think at the end of the day, we have to be calling people out. Uh, you know, my experiment, uh, this is also an experiment in that, like to see, okay, can I, you know, there are so many things that I, you know, align with the Democratic Party on. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, so it's, that's a challenge in this space, especially, you know, being a Democrat in, in education choice. Uh, I'm sure you understand that, Cole, being progressive, because there are so many things that I totally disagree with, you know, right. people we have to work with uh, to get, you know, these bills and stuff passed. And so mm -hmm. I, I think things are shifting um, and, you know, we'll see. All right. Yeah. So, Reef, Reef you're up. Whatever question you'd like to ask me. <laughs> yeah. Let's Reef was looking for the mute button. He there. He was, he was trying to unmute. He was. Yeah. But look, um, Rashawn, I, I think one of, the, one of the questions that I'm thinking about is, is just like, you know, in education and, and schools, like what, what's something that you want to, regardless of the, you know, um, sector, so to speak, right? Like they're all, they're all children. They're all, you know, supposed to be serving, you know, uh, communities at, at large, as well as the children individually. Um, you know, what, what is something that you, you're hoping to bring, particularly in the education space, regardless of, you know, what type of school a child attends? You know, one, one example, like I was really proud of uh, Philadelphia School Board. They passed a resolution to um, continue to help uh, youth get uh, registered to vote. You know, we, I think we have like 8,000 18 year olds on, on average every year and only 15 percent of them are registered to vote. And so in addition to having like a civics course as a 12th grade, uh, you know, course assignment, having like a, you know, uh, a champion within schools, you know, probably a social studies teacher or something, you know, where they're, you know, or the civics teacher, just like champion is having the forms, you know what I mean? What, you know, the online version, whatever it is. You know, but that's 8,000 people and only 15 are, are registered. So a school saying like, hey, dude, we're part of helping civic society and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but you're not even having this conversation. So that was something I was proud of. Like every high school will be implementing something like that. Is there something, um, you know, that you've been thinking about that you've heard from the community that can you feel could could like move the needle on something? Hey, ain't going to move the needle on everything. But what, what is something in particular uh, that you think schools across the state or in your region or whatever, and it could go beyond your region, obviously, um, that could make a difference. Yeah. So from a state policy perspective, mm -hmm. um, I would like to see teachers being paid more. I mean, in Georgia, like an average teacher makes like 47,000 a year. Um, that is insane. Even the underperforming ones? Uh, in terms of teacher pay? He, he, you know, you got to say, yeah. He's, are you saying, he, like, in terms of, like, just, are you saying underperforming school or uh, underperforming teacher? Hey, teacher. hey, Rashad, you can't respond like yeah, that on the okay. stuff, B. Yeah, no, 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 <laughs> no, I on that, bro. No, because no, that's a, you know, you raise a really good point. Like, at the end of the day, you know, that is our, our biggest, you know, issue with teachers' unions is that we need to be able to get rid of teachers that aren't effective in our classrooms. And we shouldn't have this like long lengthy process to, you know, get rid of a teacher that's not uh, having, you know, out academic outcomes or that, you know, are, you know, really moving the needle with our kids. But, you know, I definitely believe that teachers need to be paid more. At the end of the day, I, you know, and I'm glad you actually asked this question, Reef, because I would like to see more teachers of color in the classroom. 
themselves. Uh, and so I, I truly believe that, you know, even for me, like I didn't, I graduated with a political science degree because I just felt like as a first person that graduated from uh, college, like, you know, I had to do something big. Like I had to, you know, eventually, you know, uh, you know, go into law or, you know, first time I was a pre-med because I had to be a doctor because, you know, we're not taught to, even though, uh, we kind of have this like false sense of we respect teachers, but like we're not taught to, you know, want to grow up and be teachers. Uh, and a lot, I think a big part of it is because of uh, how, you know, what teachers make. And so, you know, I definitely believe that we need to uh, pay teachers more because I think that will bring in, uh, you know, more black and brown educators uh, into our, our, our schools. Um, I, I do like that, you know, about, you know, voting and stuff. So, so that may be something I add, but you know, at the end of the day, I think, you know, teacher pay is a huge issue. Yeah, 100%. I, I agree with you. You know, I, I, I know I asked you like a follow-up question, but I, I think the floor yeah. should be much higher and yeah. those who are yeah. uh, the highest performing should get even more, right? But there, yeah. there should be a floor that even just entering into the profession it should, you know, like, you know, some of these salaries um, is just absolutely ridiculous. You but know? What, what, what would I mean, that funding model look like if you started with students instead of teachers, though? What do you like mean? if the first statement wasn't like, I think teachers should get paid more, but it was I think we should have better education for our students. Like, you know what I mean? I think even yeah. just that mindset, because that turns that conversation mm -hmm. into being about adults. Like, I, I don't want to have I don't want to argue about who should be getting paid more <laughs> as our kids are continue to be failed and only 8% yeah. of them can read in a classroom. Right. But if we start in what, what does it take for us to have like a better system for our students? I feel like pay would come up in there, but it would be, you know, based upon, you know, how well you serving kids. I know it's complicated. I just, yeah. those conversations yeah. are always yeah. like, they're like, they like, they zap me a little bit when we start with like, yeah a teacher as opposed to the kid. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, this is the the wonky part of me because, you know, I think about like the, you know, Georgia's, you know, uh, funding formula is it, the QBE formula. And that's the things that are kind of in that to determine, okay, how much do you get per kid? It's a teaching mm -hmm. ex experience, uh, you know, and a school can decide, okay, how they want to, to divvy that up. But, you know, if a school is from the state level, if we're saying, okay, teachers are worth this much, that mm -hmm. school is going to get more per student and they mm -hmm. can decide how they want to divvy that up. But, you know, I even, you know, going back to Reef's question about like even the the, the bad teachers, like I, I, I think that there are, you know, definitely I've, I've experienced this. There are people that, you know, say, well, you know, education is kind of like, well, I, I didn't get into what I wanted to do for my, you right. know, uh, degree. So let me just go try teaching and you know they just jump into it uh so i think we need to change that i think it needs to be more of a revered uh profession than you know what it is uh now hey, hey sean you started talking about the um funding hold up hold up hold up hold up hold up, hold up. commercial break <laughs> uh and so uh april the 6th through the 8th uh i think three of us will be at the edlock national conference in houston shout out edlock all right mm -hmm. uh sir go ahead it was just so random. You need to work on your commercial. Transitions. But Sean, you you started talking about the funding in Georgia. Uh, what can you explain to the to the to the audience? Like what what is the actual uh, funding mechanism, the process, and how is it allocated, and all those things? 
um, in the state of Georgia. Here in D.C., charter schools get less money uh, in the per pupil uh, and all sorts of they don't have access to transportation and all these other things. So I think that, um, you know, uh, that that's where it is. And Nicole's point, I actually quit the Democratic Party because I didn't feel they addressed uh, the needs and uh, became a registered independent. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just want to very close, up. brother. I'm very close, but I have to keep the dynamic of our group. <laughs> I, we 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 fit so well together right now. Yeah, <laughs> Robert. Yeah, Robert. So <laughs> yeah, um, you know, so not to get you know too boring on on folks. So in Georgia, we have the QBE formula, which honestly, in my opinion, needs to be updated. Um, it does not focus on equity enough, in my opinion. Um, and so what happens is there are all, all these different things They kind of start like from, you know, uh, it, the base of the formula is, okay, how much does it, you know, in cost to educate uh, an elementary kid? And then it adds on, you know, uh, for, I mean, a high school student, and then it adds on uh, the lower, the younger you get, uh, they say it costs more, the younger you get. And so, uh, you know, very similar to DC schools when it comes to chartering, um, you know, our, our charter schools do not get facilities uh, money. Uh, so out of their general funds, they have to pay for uh, the school building that they're in, whereas a traditional school can, you know, levy taxes and they can use, uh, they can actually have, you know, SPLOS uh, uh, tax levies in which they can say, okay, we want a special tax that's just to rebuild Grady High School, for example. Um, Charter schools can't do that. A a district can decide if they want to include them, but Nine times out of 10, they don't include them. I think I can think of one situation in which a charter school has been included in SPLOS funds. And so um, I mentioned earlier that t and is one of them. Like they say, okay, well, this is how much, you know, after so many kids, uh, you know, this is how much you get for, you know, teachers. Uh, or they say, you know, at, once you hit so many kids, you get this amount of money for uh, an assistant principal or for a social worker, which is highly un- underpaid, or counselors, uh, which are highly underpaid and typically just have to do, uh, you know, schedules and things like that versus truly counseling students in a, in a you know, time period in which mental health is so crucial. Um, so that's kind of how it works. They kind of, you know, say, okay, this is kind of what we think it will take to educate a student and, you know, schools get, you know, that divvied up to, uh, to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I I have a question. So you you sound well researched, right? And yeah. and, and that, yeah. that that's amazing. So who are you running up against? I know that in prior, uh, he's ran ran unopposed, right? Yeah. And so yeah. what made this be the year to say, you know what, I gotta put a challenge out here. I gotta I gotta step up. Yeah, you know, honestly, uh, one thing, uh, and you know, I, I've always made a vow. I'm going to bring her up every time I get. It's my great grandma. Uh, you know, she passed away at 99 uh, a few years ago, uh, but you know, it just really showed me. You know, one thing that I think we do a lot, uh, especially in Black communities, is we allow people to continually get reelected, uh, and there is no competition whatsoever. Uh, and we then begin to see those seats as that person's seat versus the people's seat. And so, you know, I believe that I have something to offer. Uh, and I believe that, you know, one, my lived experience, my professional experience, as I mentioned, you know, being an educator, I think now is the time that we have, uh, I sound very, you know, 
political in saying that, but like I literally mean like now is the time that, you know, we need, you know, more educators in the state house, you know, helping to make these decisions. When you have people that are saying, no, parents should be able to look at a book. And, you know, I brought this book over my right shoulder just because, you know, they're trying to ban books because they don't want kids to, you know, learn certain things. Um, we need more educators. Uh, and, you know, honestly, you know, my opponent has been in the state legislature for 19 years never had an opponent. Um, I think uh, all of our communities deserve a choice when it comes to, you know, if you want to get people out to vote, you know, to reach the point, what's the point of going to vote if I don't have to make a choice? <laughs> it's just going to, I'm just voting for one person. So we need to, you know, have more vigorous debates when it comes to what's happening in our communities versus continually to elect this, the, the same person. Um, so my opponent's been there for 19 years, voted against the charter school amend amendment. Um, had he had his way, uh, the only black, uh, no, not even black, the only A-rated school south of I-20 in Georgia would not be in existence. And that's a, a charter school led by, by a sister. So, you know, I, to me, that stuff is like really important. And I don't think a lot of people know like the decisions people make and the ramifications they have uh, had they got their way or sometimes when they get their way. Yeah. So uh, really quickly, we got a Stacey Abrams question. Uh, touch it if you want. <laughs> um, so, you know, uh, when I was down at the Capitol uh, and uh, Stacey Abrams was the minority leader, um, Stacey Abrams uh, will uh, support charter schools if uh, the district approves them. Um, so I think that's really important that people understand, like in Georgia, how, like how the laws work. Uh, and, you know, this isn't a knock, you know, to Stacey Abrams. This is kind of like a democratic issue. Like we will say that we support charter schools, but only if the district approves them. Well, the issue is you uh, it's kind of like asking uh, Burger King sometimes to go to McDonald's and say, hey, can we open up right next to you? Uh, likely Burger King's, I mean, they're going to say like, nah, we really don't want you right there. Um, and so what we've run into now is that our districts aren't approving charter schools. Um, the school I just referenced uh, that is led by Tori Jackson Hines, it's Resurgence Hall, I definitely encourage people to, to look it up. She's amazing. Um, she would not be in existence because the district would not approve her charter school. So she had to have an appeals process to go to the state and say, hey, I have an amazing idea for a school that's well-researched, that has great people behind it. Um, and that school wouldn't be in existence because the district denied them. And so that's what we need to change with the Democratic Party is to get them to see that there has to be these appeals processes or, you know, many of the schools that we see opening would not be open. Yeah, that's dope. And so, fellas, we're about to run into roll into uh, final thoughts. Uh, Reef, we'll start with you uh, since you were violent the whole show. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm I'm doing better now. You know, um, you know, one, Rashawn, you know, thanks again for coming on. I, I tagged you on a couple uh, tweets. You know, one about you know the what the school board did with the voting. Um, and then another one you said, uh, you know, you were also interested in, in uh, educator diversity. And so yes. uh, Dr. Constance Lindsay and her colleagues uh, just uh, wrote a, another this really dope resourceful paper uh, last month. So tag you on both of those, you know, um, that you might want to just take a look at and, and, um, and see if it fits what the community is, uh, you know, is asking for. 
But thanks again for being on, man. You know, we uh, you know, whatever we can do to to support you, you know, just holler. You know, appreciate it. Cole, yeah, man. Thanks, thanks so much for being on, Rashawn. I know that people have been trying to get us to have a conversation. Uh, I'm glad we finally. It, this probably should have been the first conversation, but uh, definitely down to have those talks, especially with the research that I think that you know about that we're doing. And yep. this is a new stuff that we're going to do that I think will be really exciting for you. Uh, Ray, I just got to do some housekeeping stuff for Eight Black Hands. For the people that listen to the audio, there's been an amazing update. If you listen to it on Spotify, you now get the video. So now you are now getting uh, the video or audio when you watch, when you listen to Eight Black Hands on Spotify. So that's huge for our uh, audio listeners, because we know that you all are out there. We have not forgotten you, and we will not. Also, everybody in A Black Hands got a whole bunch of stuff going on. Ray has a sub stack. Uh, Ray, when, when it comes to you, please list that out. Um, he's starting to be more active on there. Y'all know about Sharice Philly, 7th Ward. Um, I'm doing more on YouTube. Chris has Citizen Ed, Bright Beam, a whole bunch of stuff. So I got to make sure that we lift up those things, because, Ray, I wanted to – I saw you had something come out, and I was like, man, we don't never – talk about these things like uh in the show and we probably should because this is our biggest platform collectively and just finally Rashawn I would just say man best of luck to you the one bit of advice that you didn't ask for and so throw it away if you don't if you don't want it I would just say when we talking to our people I would try to stay away from the language of of education reform and speak to a language of love for our kids meaning instead of saying oh this is why we need school choice around x y and z I think asking a simple question of who should be the arbiters of where your kids go to school. Should it be you or should it be the government? And I think that when I, I've asked those same, that same question in both ways in a room full of our people, and I got a totally different answer from the one that I did from the other one. I think that the other side has done such a good job of bastardizing those terms, and we got to start speaking back to the hearts of our folks, man. I know it's tough. I know where you at. I know it's a let us know how we can be helpful. And yeah. when you get when it get back on you, can you please shout out your website your or yeah. Yeah. All that stuff so people can go support yeah. and donate bread and all that. And I'll support you. And I know the hands will in any way that we can. Okay. Hey, sir, com coming to you. Also, shout out your granny, man. People asking about yeah, who this inspiration man. is for you. Yeah. 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 My, gra my grandma, Graham, uh, you know, she lived to be 99 years old and like love her, you know, to, to the moon and back, man. Like she raised not only me and my uh, siblings, but she raised my mom and her siblings. So she raised two generations of kids, um, you know, from uh, from uh, Virginia, moved to West, uh, to Ohio, uh, truly amazing woman. You know, I tell people all the time, like she, she loved everybody, but she'd cuss you out too. Like, and so like loved about her, man. Um, but, you know, really quickly, I will share my website. It's www.rashawnforgeorgia.com. That's uh, for Georgia spelled out. Oh, thank you, Nicole. Appreciate that. Um, so at the very top, you know, at the end of the day, you know, it campaigns win uh, or run on money. <laughs> so that's how we get our message out. So definitely need your support. I have my Twitter handle right there. Uh, my campaign Twitter handle is Rashawn for Georgia on uh, Twitter and Instagram, all that stuff. Please just spread the word, you know. Most people know somebody that lives in Atlanta or in the suburbs down here. So please, you know, let people know about the campaign. That's how you can help out. And you so, don't have to be from Georgia to, to donate. And as Chris right. tells us, shout out to everybody. Chris. Everybody can be a philanthropist, right? So, I I, I, hey, I, I don't want to be redundant. What is your grandma's name? Because Jamoke, she. Oh, I'm sorry. Mary Holloman. My bad. My bad. Mary Holloman. Okay. 
Thank you yes. for that because yeah. she's yeah. she's in these in these audio streets. Um, hey Charles, man, I didn't know everything was happening with Spotify like that, man. That's dope. Yeah, man, it's really it dope. Was, it's it really really black. dope. Uh, Spotify, Spotify bought the 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 thing that we have, which is Anchor, and now I can just instead of all that cutting and stuff, I still got to do a little bit of stuff, but I just upload the video and they'll separate the audio and the video. So you watch it in Spotify, you get you get these beautiful faces, man. Yeah, that's dope. Hey, Rashawn, man, want to say one more time, we appreciate you for coming through and polying with us, man. It's been a, 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 a real good experience. We appreciate you whenever you want to come back. And hey, and when you get elected, don't forget about us, man. All right, I won't. I'll be back, man, for All right. sure. All right. You Shout out to Detroit for coming in uh, today, covering, um, you know, being that added uh, Yo, voice. Hey, shout out, shout out, shout out, shout out to the well. Yeah, let me get the screen. <laughs> Hold up, man. I gotta shout out my man the Shout out Chris Stewart for having the number one not-for-profit that I want to work for, Brightbeam <laughs> Inc. Shout that man out for uh, creating an atmosphere of utopia. That makes <laughs> folks want to go there, work hard, and do the things that they need to do for Bright Beam. Yeah. And uh, and also shout out the center, right? Because even though the center, the center is a close second, they still get work done over at the center. Uh 1A. Uh nah. hey, check this out. Hold on, wait, wait, wait. We we're not gonna act like I don't run a whole organization up yeah, in this I was, thing. I was, about I, do, I, was about, hey, I was about hey, I was about to put you at 1A. But it's I, know all good. Hire, I know you ain't gonna hire me. So <laughs> hey, no, it's all it's all good. Actually, actually, you you got a message you're supposed to have sent back to me with some information. Yeah, no. but, hey, and Rashawn yeah. and and, oh. and and Rashawn has been they have been pushing me and Rashawn together because of some yes. upcoming very exciting research around black schools and a certain type of black school that I will not spill the beans on. Uh that I'm but I'm really I'm gonna be really excited to write about and, and get the FCCS's uh support on around that yes. stuff. So we we got more hey, talking to do, but I, wait, wait. I, I don't. I'm not I'm taking it personal, right? Again. I know you I'm love it. I'm taking the screen again. Hey, energy <laughs> converters is one A, right? So well, that's, we got it's bright energy converters and it's Doctor Cole research. It's two different things. I got you, brother. Okay. I'm out here. So okay, energy converter. <laughs> all right. So, so wait, wait, wait. Let me. Hey, let me give me all. Let me get my list. Bright beam, then energy converters, <laughs> then Doctor Cole uh, research, yeah. then uh, then the center. <laughs> <laughs> hey we'll check y'all next week uh charles is your show next week so we're looking forward to uh some, some hype yep. all right so we'll see you guys something next about week. agency and self-determination it's gonna be great there it is. Yes, there <laughs> it is. Awesome. Yeah. on code yeah